You are listening to You Heard It Here Second. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or DerekAndSteve.com. Subscribe and follow today. I honestly think I could throw a pear to the moon. I think I could grip it right. It's almost like a Nerf a Nerf yes. football, you know, with that long it, tail. Derek and Steve present. Oh, I picked a really hard, nice, <laughs> firm, good grip lime and a lumpy, dumb pear. They've had one home game. They've only played one home game. They lost a close one to one of the other stupid XFL teams. <laughs> so you might just be taking a spoon out to some hummus and <laughs> going at it. There's no breakfast, lunch, or dinner anymore. I no, eat it's any- all just one. <laughs> I eat anything at any time. You heard it here second. Welcome to episode 148 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, how has the last month been for you? Derek, uh, we're going a little we're going a little crazy here. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're going a little stir crazy. Crazy times call for going crazy. You know, crazy times call for going crazy. <laughs> um, I am in the midst of law school finals, yeah. and I'm finding it very hard to focus, even though I have tons of time. Right. It's one of those mental contradictions where you just can't focus. You just you everything's so strange and weird. You just there's no release. You can't. Yeah. I don't know. So there's no construct bad. like keeping your rhythm going. You know. Right. So things are going bad, Derek. <laughs> How are things for you? <laughs> uh, things are going well for me, but I well, still have many of the same problems because I don't have like a, I don't have like a study need or like a, a completing assignments need. You know, like I'm not right. in that mode that you're in. I'm just in regular work mode. So um, while some of the same issues are there as far as like not having that rhythm and not having that like kind of daily separation of work and then whatever else you do, you know, um, despite that, I think it's still easier for me than it is for you because I've, you know, uh, it's it's easier to um, separate out the work day and then be able to be done with that and not have to focus on, you know, concentrating on things beyond that. So. It's going all right for me, but I I would uh, imagine it's a lot tougher to uh, maintain that in your situation. So I'm so happy for you, Derek. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we begin, I do have two opening drive Ooh. things for us. Right. One is I just want to give a shout out to new listener Eric Kraus. Nice. What up, Eric? Uh, hope you like this podcast. And also, I have a question for you. All right, let's hear it. Birthdays, Derek. You know birthdays. what birthdays are. I have heard of them before, yes. Okay, so you know what a birthday is. Right. Are there 365 birthdays or are there 3 billion birthdays? Hmm. Are there the same amount of birthdays per people on the planet or birthdays per day? Um, hmm. Technically, 366. Right. 300, I thought that's where you were going at first. I was like, this is yeah. easy. It's 366, not 365. Duh, yeah. Steve. No. Um, I would go with... Um, I would go with 366. Because, Why is that? Because if I meet someone on the street whose birthday is May 25th, I would say we have the same birthday. You know? Yes. You share a birthday. I wouldn't say... Yes. I wouldn't say like your birthday and my birthday are on the same day. <laughs> so know? when you so when you celebrate a birthday, shouldn't you be celebrating the day, not you? Um, see, I get. I guess, I guess maybe there could be a, an answer in the middle. 
because yeah, I don't know. You know, that's, that's tough. No, you're celebrating your own birthday. You're not celebrating everyone's else, birthday, but you share one day, birthday, but you do though. share one birthday. So you're celebrating everyone's birthday, right? Or you're just sharing your fraction of the birthday. Right. We'll see that. See, then it, then it makes it sound like you're sacrificing when it's a fraction, you know? So yeah, that's tough. But, but at the same time though, anybody that you know that has the same birthday, you're, you would celebrate theirs too, you know, like, yeah, you wouldn't celebrate like twice, you know, you would just celebrate once for, for both of your birthdays. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in your, I'm in your camp too. I think there are 366 birthdays and people who are born on that day share, share, share the birthday. Yeah. But it, it, it throws into question what we're celebrating when we right, celebrate right. birthdays. Right. That's true. That's true. Shouldn't you celebrate it like the 4th of July? Like it's just a day. It's just, a, it's not your day. It's a day. Right. It's a day that happens to be yours out of, that, that you have to <laughs> yeah. have a fraction of. <laughs> that, you, that is one billionth yours. Or not, not, not a billionth, like a millionth yours. Whatever so, the number works whatever out Whatever the to number be. is. One hundred yeah. millionth yours. Yeah. So, so yeah, tough wow. question to start the pod. Very real tough. You came with the, the hard hitting questions there. Dang. Breaking news. You heard it here second. That's why that's why we're titled You Heard It Here Second. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. There's the birthday question. Um feel free to chime in with your thoughts on that. If is it three sixty six or is it or is it X billion or however many um different individual birthdays there are for people? That's a great question. Thanks, Derek. Anything else on the final? Any opening opening drive questions before you want to move into sports? I just want to say thank you to Will Campbell for submitting oh, that question. Great question, great question yeah. from Will. And actually, now now that you've given the shout out for Will submitting that question, it reminds me that uh, we have a friend Chris that hasn't submitted a question in a while, and he's a great question submitter. Ooh, that's so true. we got to actually get on Chris a little bit to submit another good question because he has great questions. Chris so. is a good question submitter. He's so yeah. good at questions. Yes, he is. He is. <laughs> so let's get him to submit one and. Uh, so that wraps up the opening drive, brings us into half number one, which is sports. LOL. The Monster Jam. So sports, LOL, LOL. Um, don't exist anymore. But uh, for nostalgia reasons and whatnot, the NFL continues to do business. They just keep yeah. operating, even though they, even though sports don't exist anymore. They decided, like, you know what, let's just keep pretending that they do exist. So let's just keep this train um, moving. Things are going on in sports and uh, as you probably should have seen coming, even though nobody really did, um, the Tom Brady effect continues in Tampa Bay. It's incredible. <laughs> and, it's and so stupid. <laughs> I actually hate it. Like, I, I, and I'm, it, a, but... I'm a recipient of it. I'm a recipient of the Tom Brady. Now we might get Clay Matthews as yeah. an outside linebacker. Yeah. It's so dumb. <laughs> It makes me dislike the past 20 years of the NFL because now I'm like, oh, now that makes sense. It was rigged. Now it's rigged in my favor and I, sh- I like it a little more, so, but I still hate it. It's so obvious. So this is um, this is what happens, right? Uh, you know, Tom Brady has reached the point in his career. And, you know, I wouldn't say that this has been the effect for a really long time. Like I wouldn't say that in the middle of his career, this was this was what was happening necessarily. Shut, shut up, Derek. Um, well, all right, you're, so, so all right, fine, fan. fine. Name name me the superstar players that did this. I'm telling you, Tom Brady won six rings. Maybe the first two were b- without the the effect. I'm just saying. So, 
ex- like give some examples of the effect that that were the Josh reason Gordon. for Josh Gordon. How many championships did the Patriots win with Josh Gordon or Randy, Randy Moss? Moss. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a zero to both. It's so, not just it's not just about the players. It's about the respect that teams give you. It's about other teams out. I guarantee you, when we play other teams, they're gonna outthink themselves and lose games rather than oh, for us sure. winning games. Yeah. For sure, that's just how this is what happens when you have Tom Brady. Yeah, well, I mean, so you know that that's in large part due to him, right? I think, um, I, like, yeah. I think that there's a there's his a, there's, a, there's a stupid aspect to it, and there's a, a valid aspect to it. The stupid aspect is that like now all of a sudden, just like Gronk comes out of retirement and is playing, right? Like that's like that's <laughs> yeah. like a that would never ever happen if you didn't have Tom Brady. If you just had like an equivalent good quarterback, like that would never happen, right? So. Um, in fact, Gronk even made comments before he even retired saying that he was never going to play for another quarterback besides Brady. So like that, like it's, it, that effect has been real, of course. Um, so, you know, the, the, the Bucks continue to stack up weapons. They didn't really go weapon heavy in the draft because they don't need to, right? I think they have, right. uh, an, an arsenal now at his disposal. They obviously, as you mentioned last podcast, need a little bit of offensive line help, but they're piecing that together. Um, overall, what are your, th- like, you know, what was your first reaction when, when the news came out that Gronk came, was going to Tampa, which was like weirdly being rumored before, but no one actually paid any attention to those rumors. And then all of a sudden it happened. It still feels like a dream. And I know that sounds cheesy, but <laughs> I've, I obviously follow the Bucks on all the social media and Tom Brady puts out, he's actually very good on social media. Yeah, I have never, I've never actually followed him specifically, but he's, he's funny. He's like engaged in the community. He's, he's actually really good at being a part of like a bigger team, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, but he said at the end of one of his videos, let's go Bucks. <laughs> he like said it out loud. Tom Brady said it. And like I could see him and his mouth was moving and the words came out. And then that, at that moment you knew it was not a dream. No, it just do- it doesn't, it hasn't clicked. Like <laughs> it's almost like a different language. Like it didn't make sense and didn't sound right. You know, yeah. I it just, it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. It I is. love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm to the moon, but nothing seems real yet. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like a big joke. Like I feel like, <laughs> I feel like when the season starts and I'm like, ah, just kidding. <laughs> I'm back so, on the paths. <laughs> I mean, so it is true, and it is still really weird. And what what I this is going to sound really strange, but I think the weirdest part about this is that it shouldn't be weird at all, but it's super weird. Like, like if you if you backtracked five to ten years ago, like, and you were like, all right, let's project the end of Brady's career with the Patriots, right? You know who you know who Bill Belichick is, right? You know that Bill Belichick is. Basically, his career mantra is to move on from somebody before they're done. Like Bel- Belichick doesn't want you to be declining on his team. Like right. he'll 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 move on from Wes Welker, Randy Moss, uh, Richard Seymour. Like the list goes. Uh, uh, Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis. He just cut him. Right. Like the list goes on and on and on of these guys that were elite like players for the Patriots that Belichick moved on from them. And everyone was like, what the heck are you doing moving on from him? Wes Welker went and like had like a hundred catches for Peyton Manning the next year. Right. And then the year after that, he kind of had all these concussion issues and ended up retiring. And so you end up seeing it every time. And so it really shouldn't have been a surprise at all that when Brady was entering his what, 43 year old season, that Belichick was going to say, all right, like we're not going to pay you two years, $50 million. Right. Um, but it, but and so the weirdest part is that it shouldn't be weird, but it is so weird. Like it's still yeah. just it still just feels so strange, um, and that's why uh, you know that's why I can't wait for the season. And hopefully things 
with this whole crisis get better before the season gets impacted for the NFL because it's just going to be so interesting seeing how things unfold um, with Brady and Gronk on the field for Tampa. It's just it's it's going to be so fascinating to see. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, you you kind of alluded to it. The Bucks have kind of don't need any weapons. It's Gronk, yeah. Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, OJ Howard, um, and we got picked up a few pieces in the yeah. Um, draft, but let's move to um, the NFL draft. Did you, besides the Bucks getting an A plus, what else did you see? <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, I was gonna maybe do a, a short minute on each of our teams and see what we thought there. Uh, so, you know, do you want to elaborate on the Bucks or, or kind of just um, or just um, summarize I'll say, overall? I'll say a few things, just because like draft analysis, yeah, oh, is, no, inher- yeah. is inherently both, stupid. Yeah, we and both we agree both, on that. <laughs> we both agree on that. So, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time, but. Uh, drafted an O lineman, one overall. You have the Bucks have to protect Tom Brady. That's all yeah. they have to do. Yep. Tom Brady will do most of the work. He just needs to not snap in half. Yeah. Um, so we drafted an O lineman. Uh, drafted a few running backs. Drafted a safety. Drafted purely for need. There's two. There's two theories. You can draft for need, mm-hmm. or you can draft best available. Jason Light was always a best available guy. It's why we have we we got Vita Vea, a very good D tackle when we didn't need him. We got OJ Howard when we had a very good tight end in Cameron Brait. He's just a best available type guy. Yep. This draft, we only drafted need and in order of need. And it was so refreshing. And that's part of the Tom Brady effect. I, It's just like, wow, I'm happy with the draft. Can't believe it. For the first time ever. <laughs> um, so I, I, everyone likes their draft. Most yeah. people like their draft. Um, or they can at least spin it how they need to to like it. But um, I do. I do actually like drafting for need. And that's what happened for the Bucks. So I am... I'm giving them an A plus. There you go. A plus. Off season is an A plus plus. It's the best off season I've ever seen any football team ever have. <laughs> I mean, it's tough to argue with an A plus off season for the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, um, so you know that that's uh, obviously priority number one is protecting Brady. I think it's uh, it's interesting because uh, Brady and Gronk put you in a position to be able to draft for a need, right? I think that it's not smart for teams that aren't contending yet to draft for need. I think like I, I think that the right approach is drafting best available unless you're ready to contend, right? Um, and I think that now, obviously, they are given that given the way they've molded the offseason, you have to approach it as though you're contending, right? Like that's the only logical approach. Um, I think uh, for as a, as a few quick hitters for the Patriots, I I, I kind of chuckled a little bit when you said that everybody likes their draft. Not Patriots fans. Patriots fans, you know, oh, yeah. like you guys hate everything about their own <laughs> yeah. team. Like it's a, it's a joke. Like yeah, it's true. It makes no sense to me, and I've ranted about this before. Um, but so, you know, personally, I thought it was a good draft for the Patriots. You know, you only have so much to work with when you're picking near the end of the round and, you know, you didn't have a second round pick cause they made a bad trade last year for Mohamed Sanu, all those things out the window. I thought that they drafted some good players. Everyone freaked out when Belichick drafted at the top of the second round, a division two player, um, and, you know, social media obviously went nuts. The meme with the, with Belichick's dog at his computer, you know, was yeah. going viral saying that that's who made the pick. Um, but all that said, like this player, Kyle Duggar was like a freak athletic safety in division two, just dominated division two. And the, the reports say that most teams had him graded in the second round and that, you know, he probably would have gone in the second round. So it's again, a little overreaction because of Belichick's reputation to pick these ridiculous players. Like you, you joke about the fact that he's going to roll up there and with the 10th overall pick take like, you know, some random guy from like a division three school or whatever. But, um, you know, he did that. I thought that they added a lot of athletic defensive players. Um, 
you know, no wide receivers, which was a little strange, I thought, um, given how good this wide receiver class was in, in the draft. Um, but they did draft two tight ends, which they desperately needed to do. So overall, I liked the Patriots draft. I think it's uh, going to be an interesting year, you know, of the like as we've talked about before, without Tom Brady for the first year, see what Jarrett Stidham has to to show as, as a rookie or a young, uh, never played before quarterback. So uh, we'll see what happens Tank. there. Tank for Taylor. You know, that, that people say that, but I, I just, it's, I just think it's, it's not in Belichick's DNA to even consider that. <laughs> I don't think. Listen, the Warriors are doing it. You can do it. It's true. I, I, you know, I don't. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, to be honest, I think that the the uh, I think the Patriots roster is is a little bit too good to tank. To be honest, like they still have a really good defense. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see how the year goes. But I think mid year you'll see potentially an adjustment if you kind of suck, and then maybe you see how you might adjust because Trevor Lawrence is is potentially a generational player. So yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. A lot of teams drafted QBs this year, so it kind of makes you wonder who's gonna who's gonna end up being the home of Trevor Lawrence if all these teams yeah. are still willing to go with guys like Tua and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow after a year. Maybe if they're not great, right? Like, do you do you bail already? Like some teams did with like, like Josh Car- Rosen, like the Cardinals, or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So Cardinals have bailed on quarterback. They bail on quarterbacks if they like throw one pick. No, it's true. I, I mean, <laughs> like if Kyler Murray doesn't have a great year, it could absolutely happen. Like <laughs> the Bucks at least gave Jameis five years to throw yeah. picks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speak of Jameis to the Saints. Yeah, that's right. That, that seems to be. The, is that official or just the report right now? That's that's official, and nice. it's a, it's a smart move on his part. Yeah. Breeze will be done within a year or two. Right. Right. Um, Jameis will have a year learning the system. They'll probably draft a, a, one of those younger quarterbacks. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, he he he'll get the starting job somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so so there's there's some offseason news there. Um, last couple thoughts just on the draft in general. Um, we don't need to touch on much, but I just did want to mention AJ Dillon uh, went number sixty two overall, which is second round pick to the Packers. Um, higher than I was expecting him to go after night one saw no running backs go until the very last pick of the first round when the Chiefs drafted um, Edwards Hilaire, the uh, LSU running back. Yeah. Um, no other running backs had gone yet. So I was a little skeptical that AJ was going to go even on the second day. Um, but he goes in the second round of the Packers. So that was nice to see um, where he will be in a platoon. But I mean, obviously, uh, Jones is the is the top running back there. But um, AJ is going to have a chance to be the number two back and get some carries. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Any thoughts on on AJ going there? Um, I was surprised as well, but mainly because I, I buy into like mock drafts when I really shouldn't. I <laughs> I like AJ Dillon a lot because he's not like the typical college running back. Like the yeah. new college running back is they can catch and they are fast and they, they're like Alvin Kamara. Yeah. They're like the spread offense quick guys. He is a big lower body. He is a, a truck stick in a human being. He, re- he really is a lot like Derrick Henry, as silly as it sounds. Like he's only three inches shorter and all his other measurables are the same as Derrick Henry. Like he, right. like, that's his style. And so, the, and there's not many of those good running, good running backs like that floating yeah. around. Cause most of the good running backs are the ones that you see catching passes and scoring touchdowns. And he's the one who will get you five yards of carry and yeah. drive the ball down the field. So I, I, I think it's a very good pick. I mean, yeah. Andre Williams was the same way and he was a bust. So <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah, the, the, I yeah. will wait to see how it pans out. Yeah, I will say a quick note on William. I think that AJ had a more sustained college career. Like like Andre Williams broke out his senior year, whereas AJ was pretty consistent throughout. Um, I think so. That's one difference there. But just a final thought on this, like, and it's related to the AJ Dillon pick. And I'm curious your thoughts on this. We were just talking before about drafting for need and drafting for best available, right? 
the Green Bay Packers, who were in the mm. NFC Championship game last year. They went 13-3. and three. They have 30, what, six-year-old Aaron Rodgers, I think. I don't know his exact age, but you know, you're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback here in his upper 30s. You're coming off an NFC Championship appearance, and your first-round pick is Jordan Love, a quarterback to replace Aaron Rodgers, and your second-round pick is A.J. Dillon, who's a running back when you have a Pro Bowl running back. Very, very interesting um, development there. And and uh, the other fact that I saw, which blew my mind, is that uh, Adam Schefter tweeted this. For the 15th consecutive year, Aaron Rodgers didn't get a receiver or running back in the first round. The Packers, wow. for 15 straight years, have not drafted an offensive skill position player, basically, in the first round. So... Just you got to wonder how frustrated he is by that, you know, with that, you know, similar to what Tom Brady had with the Patriots in some ways with a window closing and the draft picks not always aligning with with getting you over the edge with the with the stud quarterback you have. Right. So any thoughts on that? Um, My only thought is I I do I do agree that Aaron Rodgers is probably the most underappreciated quarterback by their organization and fan base in the history of sports. Yeah. Um, But. This is this. This was the path for Aaron Rodgers. He was drafted yeah, when they had right. Brett Favre, right. and sat behind Brett Favre for two years, three years, whatever it was, and turned out to be a super good quarterback. And I bet learning, like taking a few years, learning the offense, learning behind a super veteran Hall of for uh, future Hall of Famer, I bet that helped a lot in his development. So I see the reasoning behind drafting a QB number one yeah. when you have a Hall of Fame QB. Like I, I actually, I, I kind of like the move, but that stat about 15 years of no wide receiver is upsetting, and I didn't know that. Yeah, and and I mean the Packers have had some good receivers over the years, right? Like you feel like they've had fantasy football receivers with Rodgers, but it seems like they don't get that, you know, go the the extra mile to get that guy in the draft, like to help them win now, right? But it, it is interesting, I think, to see how this develops because for a guy like Rodgers, it's easy to be a little bit disgruntled by that, and maybe not. You don't want to spend your time at the end of your career teaching the young guy, right? But you know, this is literally shoe on the other foot for Rodgers because he, when he right. came into the league, Brett Favre was the one who was pissed about this, right? right. And so, uh, and and so it's it is a really interesting dynamic to see that unfold all over again and see if Rodgers has any different perspective on that. You know, given the fact that that happened to him and he became basically a Hall of Famer from it, so um, so interesting to look out for there. Um, final topic in sports, which is still on the NFL related, um, before the draft and a couple of weeks leading up to it, we had a lot of new NFL jerseys dropping, um, a lot of teams going with new uniforms. Um, so we can, we, we have the list here. We have Bucks, Pats, Browns, Falcons, and Chargers. Um, do you want to give some grades on these uniforms? Yeah. I say we just go through, do a one sentence sure. review and grade them each. Sure. You um, want to, you want to start? I'll grade the Bucks first. Uh, Throwback two throwbacks to their Super Bowl eras, love them, and then one all pewter uh, color rush jersey, which I love. Pewter is the color that kind of sets the Bucks apart right mm-hmm. now. It's like the cannonball color mm-hmm. is pewter. Uh, love it. A plus, A plus plus. Wish that they had the creamsicle. Wish that they had more orange, but we had those trash alarm clock jerseys for. Way too long. So this is this is an A plus relative to those. Love yeah. The the uh, so I will factor in the alarm clock jerseys as the rel- as a relative portion here. Um, and so because of that, I will bump my grade up to an A minus. I was going to yes. give it a B plus um, because I do think the orange is way underutilized. Um, but there's certainly you know 
you have to factor in where you came from, where you're going to, uh, much, much cleaner and nicer looking. Um, I still would have liked to, like, like you said, to see a little more orange incorporated there, but I think overall very good. So I'll bump it up to an A minus. Um, number Sweet. two, Pats, you want me to go first or you want to go you on the start, Pats? You start with I'll the start Pats. with the Pats. Uh, I, you know, to be honest, I have to go with the same thing I just said as far as factoring in where you came from. Um, you know, maybe this is biased. Maybe it's not. Although I feel like other people have said this. I think the Pats had one of the best uniforms in sports uh, before this. I, I think that their their uniforms they've had for the last 20 years are just they, they they survived for 20 years and no one complained about them once. Like, I think they were really good uniforms. Um, so I don't know if there was a need. But that said, with the Brady era ending and a new era coming, I think it was appropriate to get new uniforms. They're very similar to what they already had in the Color Rush uniforms. The white ones are new, but they're basically a variant of the Color Rush uniforms. I personally like them a lot. I'm going to give this a B plus. Um, I think that incorporating more red into the uniform is good. Like the Patriots logo is blue and red. I, I think that blue and silver uniforms was too blue and silver without enough red. Um, so I like the, the additional accents of red on the shoulders and everything like that. Um, I hope that they have additional pants. I hope that they don't always go with navy blue pants for both uniforms, as it appears right now. But I'll go B plus with these uniforms. I'm also going to go B plus. Um, I, I so it's basically they're just adopting what their color rush uniforms are to their full essentially uniform. yeah so essentially there are very minor changes from the color rush uniform like the font and stuff is a little bit different but it's really mostly the same and then they made a white version for the road which they didn't have at all so they didn't those white ones are are totally new but they're you know you can tell that they're adopted from the same style as the color rush uniforms they already had so right so i'm i'm gonna give them b plus i think they're cool they don't blow me away but yeah pats are like that it's like a classic look and it's hard to change a classic look agreed agreed and and also they they did mention uh that they are hoping to add throwback uniforms once the nfl changes their helmet rule um which is which is a dumb helmet rule but we're going to get to the helmets in a moment when we talk about the chargers i have some things to say about the helmets um so brown's next what do you think uh I couldn't. I honestly could not tell a difference. <laughs> neither, neither. Besides, could I. <laughs> besides Browns being on the pants, like they they had the piping on the leg said Browns <laughs> last year. Now it just doesn't. It now it's just a line. Uh, I could. I literally and I looked to see if I could tell a difference. Yeah, and no. I couldn't. So uh, and slash F, a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a. Yeah, not available. Like yeah, incomplete. and they hype them up too. Like they, yeah, don't hype. Just if if you're not gonna dramatically change them. Don't do a big reveal. Like, yeah. don't like hype them up on Twitter and get get the fans riled up. Just say hey, we're going to tweak a few things. It'll be out in May. Like, yeah, and, and, and like the Pats kind of the Pats basically had said that it was going to be minor changes. So they had tempered those expectations. People that you know were looking at all these fan made uniforms. Like people knew they weren't going to do something like that. The Browns like hype it up and then literally like a way smaller change than even the Pats made. Like literally, you can um, you can not tell the difference in these uniforms. So yeah. I'm literally going to give this an incomplete grade. Um, yeah. I, just no grade. <laughs> yeah, um, no grade. <laughs> number four, uh, your division rival, the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons do get; they've earned their F. Um, <laughs> they they changed their their uh, uniforms quite significantly from their old uniforms, and they're yep. bad. Um, there's a gradient jersey. There's like a, a red to black gradient, like top to bottom jersey. They have ATL, like big letters ATL, on the front yep. of every jersey. Um, it just looks like an XFL jersey. It's like Mean Machine. It's like they're and going back the, to the early 2000s, like thinking that, they, that that's the style. S- right. And they have such a cool throwback uniform, like a throwback logo. And it's black. Like they could just do like a, 
I don't know, black and white is such a clean look, and they just yeah. messed it up. So, so I, I think F. So I am t- I'm like on the fence right now, toying with whether I should give them a D minus or an F. Um, okay. Like I, they they did they do have a throwback in their set of uniforms, and they have variety in their set of uniforms. Like they're like what they released had like five uniforms on it, right? Right. So that, they, I, you're right. That's a good point. I, I, you know, the ATL and the gradient just drag everything so far down that I don't know if I can go up to a D minus or not. But because, but out of the goodness of my heart, and because I feel generous today, I'm going to give them a D minus. Okay. Um, but you know that's overcoming quite a hefty uh, negative from those gradients, and the a- the ATL is just like it's embarrassing that they put ATL on their on the front of their jersey. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just I just looked them up again, and they're ju- they're bad. They're they're yeah. Fs for sure. So, um, flipping the script from what is most certainly not an F, um, the Los Angeles Chargers. Just I mean. I know we're on the same page about this, but mm-hmm. you know how 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 perfectly executed is this is this uniform? Like, they knocked it out of the park. This is like it's so simple. Like if you were to say to me, just a normal fan who doesn't <laughs> live on the West Coast, doesn't root for the Chargers, doesn't even watch the Chargers that much, what should the Chargers uniforms look like, and what should their colors be? Yeah, this is what I would pick. A plus to the Chargers. You're going to mention the same thing about the helmets that I think I yeah. was going to mention, so I'll let you mention it. Well, but yeah, heck so, yeah, Chargers, good job. Yeah, and they have a cool like they've got their sweet new colors, and then they've got they've got like four interchangeable good powder blue Easter yellow yeah. jerseys, clean as hell, and then they've got two alternate jerseys that are like yep. navy blue and dark dark navy. Yep. that just to like mix it up. Yeah, they they, they have, just good job. They have variety. They have the right colors. Um, they so I, I but I give them an A plus as well. I think um the 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 helmet comment that I was mentioning that you you might have something to jump off of with the helmet comment. My main comment is that I recently learned because you know the the NFL's helmet rule has driven me crazy for a while. Like I think it's so dumb you can't wear multiple helmets, right? But mm-hmm. then I learned that the actual rule is that you can't have multiple helmet shells. Like you can't have multiple physical different helmets. You're allowed to change the decal. You're allowed to change the face mask. You can't change the helmet shell. And the Chargers have flawlessly executed this set of, un- of five uniforms that have, or maybe six uniforms, I think, that have three different helmets with, with, with small variations to them. Like the ones that have the all Navy have like a Navy lightning bolt on it and yeah. like a Navy face mask. And that's allowed because the, the base of the helmet is still white. And then like the ones that are just, I don't, I'm not looking at the picture, but the ones that are second to last in that picture they released, I think yeah. have like another slightly varied helmet because it varies with the Navy uniform, but it's not the Navy out, you know, it's not like the all Navy. And so yeah. they have a slightly different one. It's just like so perfectly executed within what they're allowed to do with the helmet. Right. I just think it's, it was just outstandingly done. Like they're like, they're, they're still gonna have no fans cause they're the chargers in LA, but, yeah. but their uniforms are outstanding. And that's, that's the great. first step. Yeah. Yeah. The, o- so. the one thing I was going to say is they, sh- they shouldn't have the number on the helmet. I yeah. think the, the classic just bolt on the helmet, all whites with the bolt look real good, but I'm not going to complain about such a good job, so I'm just going to say A plus. Yeah, I agree. I, I probably would choose not to have them, but I don't. I'm not really bothered by the numbers on the helmet. I just think I'd prefer not to have them. But yeah, um, they are an uncommon thing in the NFL. I'll say that. So like, you know, maybe it's just some a little bit of kudos for being different than most NFL teams. That's more of a college thing to put your number on the helmet. So, um, so either way, I say all kudos for for the Chargers uniforms. 
Um, so that's the set of uniforms there. Uh, and by the way, one other note on this is that I learned that teams, all these teams that submitted uniforms needed to actually tell the NFL a year ago, March, that they were getting new uniforms. So you actually have to tell the NFL quite far in advance um, that you're doing new uniforms and then you're not allowed to change them for like two years, I think, or three years yeah. after that. So it, a lot of planning goes into that, um, which which really makes the Falcons look even worse. So um, The last thing I'll say, and then we should move on because we've yeah. been talking about it for a while, but yeah. the NFL should do what the NBA does and have a city jersey, a rotating jersey that changes every year. That'll keep the fans happy. They won't focus on the stupidity of the normal jerseys, and they'll just get to talk crap about the new jersey every year. <laughs> I agree. Um, the only wrinkle in that is that the NBA has it structured in a way that a team can't go have like a million uniforms, then also have the city one, you know? So you would have to sacrifice, like for instance, some of what the Chargers just did. You'd probably have to sacrifice some of those alternates, like in favor of them being yearly city alternates, you know? But um, either I think there's there's something to work with there, to toy with that idea, because I agree that having some variety for like for one or two games a year out of 16, like it's really an easy thing to do. Um so I, I agree with having more creativity there and being uh, the more fun league instead of the no fun league. The um, MFL. The MFL is right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll do it for sports and brings us into half number two, which is pop culture. Alrighty, so pop culture. Um, I'll let you handle the first couple here because I don't know too much about them, but there's one announcement here for a reunion of some sorts. Pop culture is here for you, listeners. <laughs> we are here to give you all of the content needs for your quarantine. That's we are right. about to run through probably five or six or seven different things that you can do during your quarantine that we have meticulously viewed and read and We've, we've just done all the research on these things so that you can pick and choose what to, to ease your boredom with. You got that right. The first one is that there is a new one-time reunion episode of Parks and Recreation being filmed, and it will air on April 30th on NBC. That wow. is within the week. Yeah, wow. Yes. So all of the stars are returning. Um, it's, it's a fundraiser for COVID-19. Uh, apparently, everyone involved is super excited. I was a huge fan of Parks and Rec. I read Amy Poehler's book, and she she said it was the best thing she's ever worked on, and everyone was um, a family, and so they're all really excited. I'm really excited. I hope they don't blow it. There is... Yeah. These are very risky, these type of things. Um, so I'm going to watch it. I'm probably going to love it, whether it stinks or not. Um, but just for your information, viewers and listeners... New episode of Parks and Rec, one time only, April 30th on NBC. That's this Thursday night. There you go. Your plans are set for this Thursday night in quarantine. And we know you have no other plans because you can't leave your house. So Right. Um, so there you go. One time reunion of Parks and Rec. Um, also, another show that in my head is in the same category, even though I really didn't watch much of it, uh, Community on Netflix, I know was just added um, yes. to the Netflix um, offering recently. Uh, you have thoughts on this? I do. I've watched Community. I watched Community when it aired, like live, back when shows came out every week, yep. um, like 10 years ago. And it kind of disappeared, forgot it existed, and then it appeared back on Netflix. And I was like, hell yeah. So I re- started rewatching it. Spectacular. It is so smart and so funny. 
there's six seasons. The last season is terrible. Don't watch the last season. <laughs> but that's that's the same with a lot of these shows that kind of peter out. But the first five seasons of Community are spectacular. And there's 25 episodes per season. That's a lot. They are, Yeah, and they are all very smart, um, very unique. There's they, It's one of those shows that tries really outside-of-the-box things, especially mm-hmm. starting in season two. Um, so can't recommend it enough, if, if especially if you need another... Um, like thirty minute big chunk of time. Watch, lighthearted watch, show. Yeah. Lighthearted. Watch whenever you you've got thirty minutes type show. So right. highly recommend Community on Netflix. There you go. That's a that's a that's an important piece of the arsenal on on television. You can't just have all these heavy hour long shows. You know you gotta right. ha- you gotta have those thirty minutes uh, mixed in there. So um, speaking of the heavy hour long shows, a show that we haven't watched in a couple of years actually, Homeland on Showtime. Uh, I know partly for me because I don't have Showtime, and so I, I feel like I only was watching this when we would have like the Amazon Prime thing set up, or like I think yeah. on Hulu occasionally if we were somewhat up to date, they had them. Like there was just it was it was kind of hard to get our hands on Homeland. I feel like um, it was, but the Homeland finale just happened. Um, do you have any thoughts on this? I know you know you were a very hot and cold Homeland fan. I'll say <laughs> that is a, that is a very good description. I for, I. I'm glad that you remember my feelings on Homeland. <laughs> uh, I watched the first three seasons of Homeland with you and loved it, but it just got so ugh, like repetitive, and uh, I just gave up on it. But apparently, it's still going. They're in like eight, season eight or nine, and the series finale, like Homeland, yeah, is yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. It's over. It, now. it is over since like last night was the last Homeland episode. Um, and you have more information on this, but than I do. But I've heard good things. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> that's really all we could say about it because we haven't watched yeah. it since like season three. But This is hearsay, um, by the way. I have is, an evidence test coming up. This so is, this is the definition of hearsay. This is the definition of hearsay. This would not be admissible in any scenario. But Well, maybe in some. <laughs> maybe, yeah, true. Maybe in some. But in this case, definitely not. <laughs> um, Correct. <laughs> uh, but I have heard, you know, I, the reaction I've seen has been pretty good on, on the Homeland finale and, and the series as a whole get, getting its closure and whatnot. So... We'll see if that's true or not. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever watch this show. If it ever becomes easily more easily accessible, I think I will because I did really like this show. But I, I did have that uh, same trouble Steve had in some ways of like getting feeling you like you were spinning your tires a little bit on this show. Definitely. Um, but overall, I still really liked it. Like every episode of the show, I enjoyed. Uh, I just eventually felt like, all right, where are we going with this? So maybe it turned that corner very shortly after we kind of dropped off of it. And I'll, I think someday I'll, I'll finish watching it. But so there you go. Homeland is over now officially. So um, next topic is one that is huge news because you've been bringing the show up on this podcast yeah. for like a couple of years. We now. need to <laughs> not talk about this show, but just say what you need to say and move on. The out, the the Outsider, I watched it. Steve uh, brought it up a gazillion times. I finally watched it. I recommend you watch it. It's a really good show. It's uh it's dark it's heavy in the beginning it's uh but it's also kind of a wild ride like it, it takes you on a few turns that you don't really know what is what and uh has a, a bonkers finale as well so yeah um it's just a tightly it's just a tightly done show which I was, is really like wrapped up nice it did and, and i would like it if there was no more of it to be honest because i really Same. liked it and i just don't know if i want a season two to like kind of ruin it a little bit so uh, I, I like it where it's at and I would be happy for them to close it out and start working on a new show because I, I think that's the best the best approach there. Um, Jason Bateman is the is the I think the writer or director of that show. 
Um, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's some, he's beyond acting. He's got some additional role in the creation of that show. I think he was a director. Um, so it's, it's good worth the shot, but I would like it if they took those talents and moved on to a new, very cool show. Um, that's my personal. And it's based on a Stephen King novel, which, and it makes me want to read Stephen King. Oh, interesting. Because it's, it's just a very good story. Yeah. Like it's just well thought out. Yeah, it really, it really is. Um, so The Outsider, highly recommend to go watch it if you want kind of a creepy, but also uh, very HBO-like show, I would say. Um, so speaking of HBO shows, Westworld, uh, I know you have not been watching season three of Westworld, correct? I have not. I actually didn't watch season two either. Oh, you didn't I watch season two? No, oh. I thought season one was just good. It just, I, like, similar to Outsider, should have just been over. It, so I forgot you didn't watch season two. Um, yeah. Season two, I wasn't a huge fan of, I would say. Um but I will say I am a big fan of season three, actually. Um, season three uh, covers the thing that I never knew how they were going to cover, which was like, how is this going to interact with the with Earth? Right. Like the real world. Like what's going to happen when these collide? Like when you have the when when inevitably like the West world that you know it in season one, like has something happened to it or, or breaches out into the real world? Like what's it going to be? And mm-hmm. I think they're doing a really good job with season three. I mean, Aaron Paul is the is his co main character with Dolores so far, um, and he is you know the you know from Breaking Bad like pretty big name actor. So they they had to go to the well a little bit there to make sure they had the I guess like the actor credibility right of like having the star in the show. Um, but I think it's really well done so far. So I I've liked it a lot. Um, I recommend it if for people that watch season two, of course, and have been holding out on season three. I think you should absolutely go watch season three. Uh, for you, I don't know if it's worth watching two and three. I mean, I think it, if you're bored, sure, go for it. I just didn't <laughs> love season two, but I really do like season three. Um, do I have to watch season two to, to get I season think three? so. I think I think uh, you, you need to at least know what see, what happened in season two. I think, but but I wouldn't say you need to like know every detail. You know, I, I think like if you wanted to go the route of watch, of like reading a summary, you could. Um, I wouldn't recommend that, but like you kind of need to, you just need to know where it's at before you do season three. You yeah. know. That's a Robert Mundo move. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, so that's it for Westworld. Um, any other comments on that? Uh, no, no comments um, on Westworld. And so last thing I'm going to say before we get to uh, to talk about some of these books that we were just talking about, actually, um, is the last TV thought here is Netflix is, is branching into the reality television space, which is really kind of weird to me. Um, because, you know, obviously like MTV and those networks do reality shows all the time. You know, we've jokingly watched some of them. We've there have been a few that we've liked. Like there have been I know it's at times you've liked the uh, MTV challenge, but for the most part, you're not a big reality fan. Right. Um, I am a somewhat of a fan, but not like some of my other friends I know and not as big of a fan as they are. Um, but so the Netflix ones I find really interesting because they're released all at once. Right? There's not this week to week reality television element to it. So it's like it's it's this weird kind of feeling of like everything's released at once. It's all spoiled, right? So like it's really hard to keep spoilers under the covers in a reality show on Netflix. Um, but so the two that I've watched are The Circle and Too Hot to Handle, which I'm not going to go into details about them. But I think uh, my only what I'll say is that if you're looking for some new it's kind of a new flavor of reality television that feels different than like MTV. For instance, it does not feel the same as MTV and all of the Netflix ones that they've been releasing have a similar feel amongst each other in in that you can kind of tell they're produced by Netflix. Right. Um, so I'll kind of leave it at that and just let you let the intrigue take over. Um, and if you want, if you're looking for some borderline trash reality television, but also pretty binge worthy, I would say, 
then I would go for these. They're like 40 ish minutes. Like they're not like full hour for the most part. Um, and they're fairly short, like eight to 10 episodes in a season. So, um, if you're a fan of it, I would say go for it. Uh, both the circle and too hot to handle, I found very amusing uh, and also have a little bit of an addictive element to them and that you kind of want to watch the next one at the end of each one. So, uh, there you go. I, I recommend watching them if that's, if that's your cup of tea, I'll say that. And Netflix is branching into reality shows across the board. So they, the, if you heard of the great British baking show, I have, yes. It is so good. I haven't watched it, but um, I've heard of it. My parents got me into it. It's basically it's basically chopped, but with the same contestants over the course of a season. Huh. So you actually like get to know the so ev- there's like twelve contestants when they start and they do three um three uh challenges per episode. Mm-hmm. And whoever does the worst gets eliminated until the final three, and then they do then they just eliminate one person and then and they pick a winner. Um but you get to know the characters. They get to plan out their stuff a week before. So, like, they get what they're going to do, and then they get to, like, do it a bunch of times, at least for one of the challenges, Mm -hmm. the week before. So, it's not like these idiots who are like, oh, my God, like, I'm so time pressured, I can't do... It's like, everyone's really good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're judged like they're really good. Um, So, it's actually... Yeah, it's... And I didn't think I would like it, I'm be honest. But my parents got me into it, and um, I'm probably not going to watch it on my own time, just because it's not my, it's like, it's not must watch television, mm-hmm. but it could be worse. And I, I think Netflix you know, is doing a very good job of just con- taking control of television. I was just gonna, doing a very good job of it. I was just going to say, I feel like the a line that you just said, which was, I didn't think I was going to like it, applies to the shows that I just described as well. Like uh, they, they are doing a good job of these shows that you really don't think you're going to like if you go read the description, <laughs> like, yeah. and then they actually, yeah, they're actually pretty good and you like them. So, uh, I feel like Netflix is doing that pretty well and they're, they're really covering all bases in the television genre, like bucket, you know? Um, so it's, it's pretty interesting, but love a good Netflix show. So there you go. There's all the television we got for you. And now uh, to close out pop culture, we have we both have something to contribute in Steve's favorite segment on this show. Um, I would first I would like to correct Derek on <laughs> what my favorite segment is. It's obviously not Cozy Book Corner. Oh, of course. Duh. Your, your, second, ta- your second favorite segment. <laughs> my favorite segment is Taco Bell News. <laughs> but my second of favorite course. segment is Cozy Book Corner. Um, and so this quarantine, I've gotten to read a lot of books, but this one is um, one of the newer books. It was on like the best of 2019. It's a famous author. Um, the Dutch House by Ann Patchett. So Ann Patchett is a known author. She's someone who, even if you've never read her book, you've probably heard of the book she wrote. Um, so, I didn't love it. Uh, the words I would use to describe the Dutch House are aggressively mediocre. <laughs> it it's just, it's just like it's really well written. I like the characters. It seems super realistic. Like the characters act and talk like normal human beings, but there was no climax. Hmm. There was just no event. It was a, just a nice story that spanned an entire lifetime, and then it was over. <laughs> and it was nice, but it wasn't. It just didn't do anything for me. So, I take that with what you will. If you're one of those people who just wants to read a good read, and 
move on to the next one. You could do worse than the Dutch, the Dutch house. It's, it's well-written. Mm-hmm. It's cute. It's interesting. It's all about family drama. Um, but it didn't do, it wasn't that, it, I don't know, just nothing happened. Um, so well-written, interesting characters. Uh, I enjoyed the people and the places and things that were talked about, but nothing happened. So I'm going to give it <laughs> 72% Steve Nicholas avocados, the Dutch house. That, that is the most bland average review I've ever heard. And I think it sounds like you've described the book well. So. It is what it is, Derek. <laughs> um, so I'm taking part in this cozy book corner as well. Um, I read a book called Recursion by an author that I have read another one of his books. Uh, his name is Blake Crouch. And I it was Dark Matter was the other book, which you also read and I read as well. We talked about it at some point on this podcast in the past. Yep. Um, Dark Matter was a sci-fi... I think the way I described it was that it was sci-fi, but it was rooted in reality. Like the only... The only jump from reality is the actual premise of 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 the sci-fi part of it, but everything else is not like a sci-fi world, right? Would you agree with that? Right. Yeah, um, and it's like realistic sci-fi. It's real, or at least exactly. Like, uh, be, it's 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 almost realistic. Yeah, sci-fi. your brain can make the bridge to to believe that it could be realistic. Like your brain can make that jump. Um, well said. And so this book, I would say, is very much in the same category. Um, it is. I would say the the leap to realism is about the same as it was in Dark Matter. Um, the premise is that uh, you know you, the main character is like a New York detective. I think it's like very just like a typical like character that you'd have in a book like this. Um, and he uh, basically what's happening is that everyone everyone in the world is having these uh, what they're calling like false memory syndrome, where like all of a sudden one morning they have like a sharp pain in their head, and like all of a sudden they have this entire additional set of memories that are not real, like, like, but they're vivid and clear. And so like they wake up one morning and it's like, they suddenly remember this other life that they had and they're, and they're not in that life. Like, and they're, they, they remember both lives, but they're only in one of them. Does that make sense? Kind um, of. <laughs> it's, 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 it's hard to explain kind of, but so that's the starting premise. I don't want to give away too much more of like what is causing all that and like kind of how it develops, but that's what the book is about essentially. Um, and this was, I, I rate this a little bit. I don't remember what I rated Dark Matter, but offhand, I'm, this is basically the same rating, if not a little bit higher for me than Dark Matter. This book wow. was outstanding. I, like I, I, I flew through it. I thought it was, like, you know, it partly is because I really like Blake Crouch's writing style, and like I just like I, we've talked before about how I'm very into like books where the plot keeps moving and the action keeps moving. Like I like backstory and stuff will like put me to sleep in a book, like yeah. just the way I am. Um, but this book is just constantly going forward and like has things developing and I just I just loved this book. So I'm gonna give it ninety percent Derek Dragon Fruits, um certified Pattaya Colada. I wow. hi- highly recommend reading it. And it's newer. Like I think it's like one of his I think it's his newest book. Um yeah. so it's probably only gonna gain more traction as far as being popular. And if you like again, if you A, if you read Dark Matter, a hundred percent you will like this book. Uh, but even if you just like, uh, kind of like we said, re- uh, believe almost believable sci-fi, this is exactly like the book for you as well. So, ninety uh, percent Derek Dragonfruit certified Pattaya Colada. That's so. going on my list. There it is. It really is. Yeah. yeah, I think you'll like it a lot, based on the fact that I know you like Dark Matter. I think you'll like this book a lot. So, it, it, it really is just remarkably similar, and it's like story arc and everything. But it's but it's different enough that I think the way I said it to you after I finished it was that. Uh, when you finish the book, you're like, wow, that was just like Dark Matter. But during the book, you're not like, oh, yeah, I've read this before. You know what I mean? Right. Like, during, like, you don't feel like there's many parallels as you're reading it. But then in the end, you're like, 
actually, yeah, that was kind of a lot like Dark Matter, you know. Um, well, I, so I like Dark Matter. So there so. you go. Um, so that's it for the Cozy Book Corner, and that is also it for pop culture and brings us into the final drive. So do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I want to go first, First, Derek. Take it away. So uh, moving in, these probably could have just been added to pop culture because it's just the, <laughs> yeah. the next logical jump from TV and books. Now we're both going to talk about video games. Uh, but me and my friends, about 12 of us, all bought NBA 2K20, which is just the newest NBA game on PlayStation and on Xbox or whatever, but we all bought it on PlayStation. It was on sale for 20 bucks. We did a fantasy draft, so we all... You can do that online. You all just log into the same group, and we did a fantasy draft. It took about an hour and a half. We were drinking. We were all on this. We were all in the party together, talking, talking crap. Um, and then you kind of build your team. You through like trades with the computer teams and uh, whatever, and it's a blast. So I know that's a lot to to give you. Like you're not gonna get all your friends to go buy NBA 2K20 <laughs> and start this fantasy league, but it's worth thinking about because. I, I was very skeptical. I was like, oh, I didn't own the game. I've never played it. I was like, I don't want to buy it. I don't want to learn a new game. I already have MLB The Show, which I like. It's just going to be a whole other thing I have to do. Mm-hmm. And it felt I was like, oh, it's going to be a chore. It's like I cannot wait to go back in. Like, I've got, I'm sure some of my, because there's 12 of us, so I'm sure some of my buddies are playing right now. And it's, it's almost like the NBA is back. Like, I go back on PlayStation. I check the stats. <laughs> I see who's in the MVP race. I, like, say, oh, who beat who tonight? Um, you have to play everyone once. You play the, all the computer teams and all of the human teams one time. And so, like, when a human plays a human, it's, like, a big deal, and everyone talks about it. Uh, so, so, and you can and you can play them whenever. So, like, I can play the December 31st game tonight. You just have to play everyone once in the season. So, um, logistically, uh, how did... So, let's say you're the magic and your friend is like the phoenix suns right and yes. uh and you play let's say you only play that team once like maybe i don't know if it'll be once or twice but let's let's just say for argument you play them once it'll um be once, yeah. do you like hold up the rest of the league from proceeding if that game is now or like can that can you play no. the season out of order you play the season out of order interesting yeah it's just like here's 29 games play them all and then when all of them are played by everyone Oh, okay. This is the playoffs. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, no, it's great. So you can, whenever someone's on, like I might go check tonight and see who's on and say, hey, I want to play a league match tonight. Who's down? Yeah. Um, and just play whoever's available. But you also play the computer sometimes? You play you play everyone, every, every team. Every team so, okay. So every, every, like there's 12 of us, so the other 18 teams yeah. are computers. Interesting. Yeah. And you just and they're good. Like I, I'm, I played one human match and I'm like ten and seven. It's like yeah, not easy. Right, it's like right, le- right. it's like legit basketball. Yeah, you don't put just, it on it's not like seventeen and zero. Higher like everyone difficulty. Makes the yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so very, I'm I'm enjoying it. Sounds fun. And, um, if if anyone has NBA 2K and wants to join our league, we need eighteen more people to round <laughs> it out. And we're gonna and we're already talking about season two. That's how yeah. fun it is. See, when like I, we're halfway through and we're like, ooh, like who are you gonna draft next? Ooh, yeah. Whatever. See, I was just gonna say when I build franchises in video games, like I'm a I'm a future planner. Like I like to get young players and like I like no, to have yeah. have longevity. So somewhere in the middle well, would be you're nice. You're a GM. You're a real GM. <laughs> Um, so there you go, NBA 2K20. By the way, the the, the true PSA, even if you're not going to join Steve's league, uh, it is only 20 bucks on the on the PlayStation Store. So, um, yeah, and it's good. Yeah. So uh, my final drive, similarly about video games, um, is Call of Duty Warzone. Now I think I might have talked about Call of Duty 
when I got it at some point uh, on this podcast because it's kind of a throwback game where like I played it a lot during college and really didn't get many of the Call of Duty games after college. Um, but so I got Call of Duty. I liked Call of Duty a lot. And then they came out with Call of Duty Warzone, which is essentially the Fortnite Battle Royale equivalent for Call of Duty. It is mm. free. Uh, Steve actually downloaded it and I think played one game, right? Um, just one. Just one game. But so it is, it is literally a free variant just like Fortnite is. And I am just so thoroughly impressed with this game. Now, now again, there's all once you get thoroughly impressed with the game, there will always be little things that you complain about, right? That's like actually the sign of a good game, probably, is that you you like it so much that you complain about the little stuff, right? Um, right. But it is just so to me impressive, like a massive map and like the way that everything functions and just like how time just flies by when you play this game like with your friends like playing by yourself as steve uh, can attest to is nerve-wracking and stressful and not fun so, like, <laughs> it's really not fun um, when you when you play solo mode um i did win one solo mode game steve uh, so I, oh. I, I am a one-time solo mode champion um i got kind of lucky but i also you know played played smart so but, but playing with your friends though is extremely fun and like if you're if you're in like a party with four people Time will just fly by the more you play it. So I highly recommend trying it out if you're into Call of Duty, if you have a system, and it's free. So like if, if you have any friends that have been playing it, I highly recommend at least checking it out and giving it a try. Um, Call of Duty Warzone, uh, all good marks from me. So highly recommend. So I I can't wait to try it with you. I mean yeah. I've, I've had it, but I just I don't know. I mean, you got, got you got a league. The NBA to play. league. I got a whole basketball <laughs> league to play. Uh, so that'll do it for episode number 148 of You Heard It Here Second. We're getting closer to 150 to the point where we're almost there Jeez. now. <laughs> um, so we'll have to this talk about happening. that. This is happening. It's happening it's as happening. we predicted it would happen. Dang um, it. So we will have some discussions. But uh, that'll do it for 148. we still got 149 before then. So we'll see you then. Later days.